How's it going, folks? It's Thursday night. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we may have one of the most newsworthy weeks that we may ever cover here tonight on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. So without further ado, let's kick this show off and get things started right after this. Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Thursday night. People have retired. People have uh, gotten new offices. There's a last match happening this weekend, and people may or may not be in the wrestling business. We're going to touch on all these things tonight on your Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. Hey, guys, it's Will Mahoney here. We got Silly Sellis over on this way. Wait, this way, this direction. Over here on the right side of the screen. We got the Giant Crab Jamal on the left side of the screen. How's it going, gentlemen? Uh, it's better than best. <laughs> I can agree with that. I'm trying to think. We've had a lot of newsworthy weeks in our days doing this show over the years. Lots of, you know, scandals, big events, things happen, history in itself. But I don't know if there'll ever be anything quite as big as the week Vince McMahon retired and Triple H also takes over as head of creative of world wrestling entertainment and that is the lead topic this week because i can't think of anything that would possibly be bigger but here we are the craziest story of the week i guess it's a double whammy you got two parts of it because we got the retirement and then we got the the new job title for triple h but i guess uh to put it in a nutshell last friday afternoon Vince sent out the tweet that after what 70 at the age of 77 he's had enough he's gonna he's gonna pack it in he's gonna he's gonna go into retirement kept it very short and sweet didn't say much other than that but just that it's happening he's going into retirement and Stephanie came out on Smackdown said it was definitely the case and kind of let a little thank you Vince chant and then they just kind of went on with the show with no mention of it and then come Monday morning we get word that Paul Levesque, formerly Triple H, is now head of creative for World Wrestling Entertainment in, in, in full full capacity. And between him and Stephanie and Nick Khan as co-CEOs, that's kind of your new top tier of the company. And there hasn't been any, I guess, any word about Vince since then as far as like being around or nothing. So it seems like it's pretty legit. And it's a new era. It's a new day, it's a new era, and things are happening. But I guess before we go any further, let's just kind of initial thoughts. As, as there's been a, so much drama building up to this in the past couple weeks, but here we are. It's happened. The, the, the regime has changed. So, Celis, I'll go to you first. Initial thoughts when you heard all this between Friday and Monday with all this finally unfolding. Thanks, Will. And, I, and I'll mention something that me and Jamal had talked about when we went live on my other show, the sports show that I do. Um, when we were talking about baseball and other jazz, but one of the things that we made a comparison to was, and this is similar to what Joe Paterno went through um, during his retirement. But of course, Joe Paterno was not having or was not the middle of the scandal, but when you think about a head coach in football, you're the face of that team or college football where Penn State is. Vince is the face of wrestling. Like, granted, like, when you think about he's been everything 
of what wrestling has been in the last 40 years of where it's come to now. If maybe if it wasn't for Vince McMahon, we wouldn't see wrestling the way it is today. We think about the wars of WCW versus WWF at the time, then what WWE became, even going back to NWA versus WWF during that time and other promotions that was up there um, and how it's passed down for generations from him. So it's like literally when you talk about the end of an era, he is the era. And what do you go from as that next step? Um, not surprised that, you know, this was probably the best time for him to do with the other things that was circumventing around his uh, pending retirement. But you just hate to see somebody go out like that in that type of way. You want to see somebody go out on their own terms, but you don't want to see anybody go out, you know, the way that happens. Um, however, and I'll just leave it at that because I know we'll build on it more. But just my initial reaction was, wow, this is happening. And then, as you mentioned, what Stephanie was on there, it's like, this is really happening because that was a really you could say shoot promo um, that she tried to do, but you know, it it's, it is what it is, but we have to be involved in what WWE is. You never expect the unexpected. You never know what's going to come and We'll see where it just goes from here as the pages turn. Yeah. So the, the sh- long and short of it is, is that uh, this has been something that people online have been clamoring for, for years. This is something that, uh, that seemed inevitable because nothing lasts forever, man, except for, you know, death taxes and Vince McMahon. There you go. Now, here we are. Um, and, and the grand irony of it is, is that this is Ric Flair's actual last match, actual retirement. And we're going to talk about that show later, later tonight. But the that's a huge deal in and of itself. That's a that's a monument. No, Vince retired. Fuck all that. And that's kind of the thing. It's, you know, it, it's crazy to think that Ric Flair's actual last match retirement and the way that that all worked out is grossly overshadowed by the retirement of Vince McMahon. And I think the grand irony of it is, is that he ended it with a tweet. Number one, Vince tweeting is hilarious. Uh, number two, for all of the bombast and pomp and circumstance that he's built his legacy on, for him to just tweet out, not a video message, not ad space in the newspaper, not even appearing on TV. Not even something taped for TV. For him to just go, all right, I'm out, is the craziest thing about that for me. With that said, obviously, he's embroiled in scandal. Uh, It's the easiest thing for him to do is retire. Um, And and, and to be fair, what does that actually mean? You know, what does uh, retirement mean? Can he still come back as some kind of special counsel to the uh, to the company? <laughs> More than likely so. Um, you know, and even if he doesn't, you don't think that he's not, you know, texting Stephanie and, and, and Triple H, leaving notes in their mailbox at their actual house. I mean, he is still, mm-hmm. their, you know, their, their kid's grandfather. So he's never going to be retired and away from the business. Um, he's never going to be that guy. Now, since we are here and it is a Vinceless WWE, what does that also mean? And that's another thing that people are kind of putting the cart before the horse on. You think they're going to rip up the schedule for SummerSlam, which is no, I'm, I'm, I thought it was Friday, but no, it is, it's in two days. Two days. And it's yeah. Saturday night. Forty-eight hours. Yep. Forty hours from from literally right now. Uh, so they're not going to rip up the schedule for SummerSlam. Um, come up with a brand new. SummerSlam TakeOver 2022. You know, viral meningitis ain't that good. I mean, you know, he did a thing <laughs> and honestly changed the show, but really only gave us two good matches. And, you know, this is something that would have to supersede that for SummerSlam to be completely rewritten and SmackDown's live tomorrow. So hold your horses on the changes that you will see and also meet your expectations. McDonald's is McDonald's. Walmart is Walmart. Regal movie theaters are Regal movie theaters. Nintendo puts out a particular product. Even if they got new owner, got new owners tomorrow, McDonald's isn't going to sell tacos because that's a thing that they can do. They're still going <laughs> to pump out the product that they got. Them Thank with. you. Yep. So Thank let's you. not let's not even let's not be confused. WWE has a style. They have already set themselves up for a post Vince world with this uh, NIL program. They know what they want. They don't want re- indie wrestlers. They don't want to create. NXT TakeOver. They want NXT 2.0. And for the first time in forever, NXT is a part of the company's you know ecosystem. So if you think that we're going to get these indie dream matches, 
and that Raw is going to have a little bit more competitive edge to it, and SmackDown's going to, you know, shoot up and triple in ratings, and it's 10 million people are going to be watching every Friday night. Not saying it can't happen, but I'm also saying that it's probably not. Play the lottery if you really feel that strongly about something. And I think also it is, you know, fair to say, I mean, just to put it out there, uh, whether you separate the man from uh, the, the mission or, you know, the art from the from the artist, uh, whether you say thank you, Vince, or I hope you enjoy your lakeside condo in hell. Um, the bottom line is, is that WWE definitely has a break glass in case of an emergency if the old man croaks plan. Whatever that plan is, they've already broken the glass and have re- and had read the um, uh, the authentication codes. Stephanie has a pair and Kevin Dunn has a pair. And it's just like Crimson Tide. They both have the two keys for the nuclear sub. And they've ter- <laughs> inserted them and turned them at the same time. And now they're off and running. How long will Kevin Dunn be there? He's, um, you know, that's that's a thing also. You know, will he, you know, he he's right in the middle of, of whatever investigation's going on. There's a lot of, more, obviously, a lot more questions and answers. But I think the biggest thing is, is about how will history remember Vince McMahon? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, does Vince McMahon go into the Hall of Fame next year? <laughs> who the hell inducts him if he does Same. <laughs> how does that even work <laughs> he like the, the, the curtain just parts and he kind of like walks out of some bright light and that's that's the extent of it i guess stephanie would probably have to stephanie well no i mean well, well stephanie uh you know gerald briscoe uh you know maybe yeah. help it, it, it honestly realistically it would be three inductees it, it would be vince steph i mean not vince but it would be stephanie you know steve austin uh, maybe Briscoe, maybe, you know, maybe, fuck, maybe Hogan, um, you know, I mean, The Rock, I mean, these are John Cena. I mean, there's a number of people that he can call. Even Undertaker. Yeah, 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 I mean, honestly, oh, honestly yeah. you could do a whole show just around inducting him. him. Yep. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple yeah, no, no, Cancel the Hall of Fame. It's the Vince McMahon Appreciation <laughs> Ceremony. But, but that is that is what it is. I mean, these are like the questions. And, and uh, yes, Vince did uh, sell um, all, uh, most of his stock at zero dollars. Um, as he's divesting from the company, but that also takes time. That was a question that I had last week. Um, you know, so yes, um, this will be interesting. Don't expect people from NAEW to just magically jump ship because Triple H is running, it has the book. You know, don't expect Raw to have a TV MA rating and Nick Gage to appear on there with a, with a pair of box cutters no, and, no. <laughs> and, and, and pork chop skewers. You know, don't expect uh, HLA to come back with Bischoff. Um, you know, this is still WWE. They still are on on Fox. They still have, you know, another, what, three or four Saudi shows to put on. You know, they are still the company that you think they are. Um, and they still will be going forward. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it best because, like, I, I, I was saying it as soon as it happened. It was like people were coming up with the wildest damn ideas. And I was like, you are not getting NXT takeover SummerSlam this weekend. That is not, that is not magically going to happen. There is not some magical switch that is just being flipped to where everything's going to be black and gold. All of a sudden It, it doesn't work like that. And if anything, I figure probably one of the biggest tasks right now on triple H's and Stephanie's plate is going to be just to demonstrate stability just to demonstrate that everything's, you know, business as usual and we're, we're in control. We're in control been of doing. the situation. Yeah. Since all yeah. the health, since this damn scandal started. You know what they've been, been doing? They've been controlling the narrative. Right. Exactly. They've been controlling the narrative. They may have even bought the seasonings. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but here's where it gets here. Okay. Here's where it gets interesting. There's so many questions in all this. And this occurred to me earlier as a little exercise we could do. Let, let's let's put, let's put on our, our 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 leather jacket here, our, our leather vest, like we're like we're Paul Levesque, and they have to have the hair and everything, and and we're in Vince's office now. What we're all Triple H right now. What's the first move you would make if you're Triple H and you suddenly have the kings to the keys of the kingdom, and you can make a move? I know, I know the move I would make out of the gate that I that I would I would go for right, but I'll save mine for the moment. But if you could make one move, one move out of the gate. Let's try. Let's try to keep it feasible. 
something that's legitimately, you know, could be denied, you know, I, I would, I would immediately, you know, get raw on NBC. It's like, you know, it's like, it's keep it within reason at least. But what would you do? Who wants to go for sellers? You want to jump yeah, on this? For me, it's easy for me. This is something that should have been done a long time ago. I was rumored to see what they was going to do for it, but something easy and simple, make raw two hours. That's the first thing yep. I would do. A um, lot of people have said and, that. And I will make Raw two hours because, to me, if you can condense down the most important storylines instead of having these drag-out talking sessions or non-built storylines that you got to eliminate that won't make a big make pay-per-view card or even a sub-level pay-per-view card, you know, just make it two hours. And I think you can get so much content at a good pace on a two-hour wrestling show and go from there. Um, and maybe with two hours, I know this is more than one, you can reduce some of the people that you won't see on Raw and put them on NXT or SmackDown and things of that nature. You can spread your roster out a little bit more. So make Raw two hours, and I think you can do a lot with that. I think you keep Raw three hours. And the reason why I would keep Raw three hours is because I would add more wrestling. Stop Mm -hmm. with these bullshit 25-minute-long promos to open the show. buddy, buddy. Just to set up a match, and then they have to sit through five more minutes of commercials while the uh, person's theme plays on repeat for the audience in, uh, in the in the arena. Stop yeah. that shit. Open the show with a match every now and again. You have, you know, a three-hour show. Why are there only seven matches in three hours? That's insane. Let me, let me add this to Jamal. Wouldn't you like to see where, like you used to back in the day, when you start the show, wrestling was already going on in the ring. We're live and they already started. You can match. have a cold open. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's one thing. And you don't have to do it every week. No, but it is something no, no, no. that you can definitely do is have a cold open um, or other matches where you can give them time. If you if it's an Iron Man match, well, you can give them 30 minutes for an Iron Man match. If, if it's a, you know, a ladder match, you can give them 45 minutes for a ladder match because you have three fucking hours. So if you're only going to have six matches, somebody's working an hour. You know, <laughs> I mean, that, that, these are things that they could do that they really haven't done. And they're doing these eight minute TV matches. And then following it up with another uh, you know, 25 minute long segment, recap segments out there. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ! It, you know, it's 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 the opening segment, and then that leads to a match, and then after the match, they have the segment that recaps the opening segment, and they're recapping <laughs> every third uh, third segment uh, yeah. throughout the uh, 12 segments that are on the show, and it's just like Jesus H, we get yeah. it. We know what the main event is. Cool. So a lot of those things that they have that would be, let's say, filler matches, um, you know, I, I would just incorporate more wrestling. I'm not saying that you have to open it with jobbers, but what I am saying is, you know, if you're going to, okay, fine, set the table for the main event. Cool. Whatever it is. But, and have the main event, you know, be the main event. Um, I just think that if they actually added more wrestling to the wrestling show it will go a long way and it's not like they don't have some good workers on the card it's just that they don't have an opportunity um to do so and 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 then respectfully smackdown's already two hours that does give raw a competitive advantage if you want to assume that only smackdown and raw exist that does give them a competitive advantage where like hey they put on a 45 minute classic that's not feasible on smackdown Mm -mm. You know, so I, I, you know, it doesn't mean that I want to see Roman Reigns work a 38 minute match on Raw. I don't think he has it in him. But I'd be damned if I don't want to see him try. You know, every now and again, you know, it can happen where, like, no, we're going to have matches. And that's just, that's, that's the biggest, that's the first thing that I would do. I, I would, I would revamp the show and make it more wrestling focused. So reallocate the time how it's yep. used yeah mm-hmm. and, and honestly that's probably more feasible because i think that third hour is locked in contractually but that's what, that's what nbc pay for yeah, yeah exactly I mean, I mean make no mistake they are getting a large chunk of money for mm-hmm. that third hour that yeah. i'm sure they don't want to give up so no. until there's time some reason to renegotiate that that's that's going to be how it is for now now i'll go with that the new one you gave mine so there were so many people talking about, oh, my God, they got to bring back Bray Wyatt. They got to bring back the black and gold. They got to bring back, you know, Johnny Gargano. They got to all these people that left. He's going to bring them back. He's going to do all this. All I'll say about that, if there's a way to make it happen, if there's a way to smooth it over, I know we've talked about it before. I think one of the easiest goodwill gestures 
they could do that would go over huge. That could be a sign of like the new WWE or the new era or the new people in charge. If they can work out stuff with Sasha and Naomi and get them Mm -hmm. back and just bring them back as the women's tag champs, just, just essentially erase what happened and just bring them back. I think that would be a very easy feel good moment that people would eat up that would just like go over like incredibly well who knows if it's feasible i'm sure like, like how we were talking to even when you know as soon as stephanie got in charge the idea that you know if i was right i at least want to get a meeting with them to have a talk with them but now that you know it's changed even further and vince is totally out the door i'd be doubling down on that effort to try to get them in there to get to talk to them be like look it's a whole new playing field now it's a whole new deal can can, can we make this can we make this work can we get back to work together? What what do we got to do to make everybody happy here? And I, I could see the way that blew up so publicly. Mm-hmm. All like God, two months ago. It was two months ago that all that happened. The right. way that blew up so publicly, I think that would be that'd be a probably a really big deal if they could somehow make that happen. Who knows if it's possible, but I I, I could see Triple H really kind of making some effort on that, especially being, of course, Sasha specifically, of course, is you know one of his NXT girls one of one of the one of the originals and so, he brought him in on wrestlemania 30 on on the throne was one of the people yeah. that brought him on that throne i i understand that and i think for a lot of fans and i'm saying this as a person that doesn't watch wwe um you know yes uh what i said about making revamp of the show would get me to watch wwe um they're having matches but as far as sasha and naomi specifically goes i don't really need that from them because they have incoming talent, you know, from NXT that are could come up. I want to see what that process is to streamline them. And more importantly, now that we've seen Sasha and Naomi in WWE for so long, I'm really more interested to see what the future holds for them and not just put them back in the same spot. Um, if they want to go act, cool. If they want to go dance, cool. If they want to just stream on Twitch, cool. But I, I kind of want to see what a post wwe world looks like while they still can and i would say that for anybody that's been in one company for more than 10 years uh you know you've done it all that's what true. else is there for you and then that, that's all it's not necessarily an indictment on them i'm sure that the fans would eat it up if they you know, heard the music that came out with it with the tag belts and challenged somebody you know i mean they could absolutely do it today but the but the real is is that now that that door has been opened uh kind of want to see what it looks like if they walk through it and show up in impact or show up in japan or show up in AEW. yeah and I, I'm, I'm sure i would really say that the ball what, is probably what, oh go ahead i'm sorry no, go ahead go ahead Get in there no 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 i'm just going to say i'm really just going back to that just once again going to the mindset of what you brought in will what is the thing that sasha and naomi really want so you right. bring them back, give them the titles, and just give them what you said. But what do you really want? So what is going to make you happy? Which, and essentially, right. if you bring them back, you'll find that out within the first month. But what is it that you really want that you didn't get in the first place? And that will really equity. be intriguing to see if they come back for that. And and what I mean, do you mean I, by equity? And, and, and I get equity, but what would you you know even say going further about equity? No, I mean, I, I think the whole thing stemmed from uh, kind of a really – the they saw the writing on the wall for the tag team championships without mm-hmm. given the opportunity to uh, elevate them themselves. And, you know, starting in, you know, getting the tag belts and then starting a singles program, is kind of like, what are we doing? We're just wasting time here. Um, but now that you have three hours on Raw, no, give them 20 minutes. Let them go to work. Bring in other teams. You know, and, and, you know, and that's a thing as well. Uh, AEW has a, a deal with New Japan. Fine. WWE, you know, has a deal with DDT. I don't care how it has to work, but the rest of the world, you know, that's actually, that would probably be like my 1A would be acknowledging the wrestling world. Not that we need to see other people that you've never heard of come in. Uh, That can either work really well. Oh, shit, this guy's amazing. Or maybe not so well because I didn't care about you before and you're not giving me a reason to now go away. But WWE has been a closed you know, system for so long. It would be really cool for them to open up and acknowledge the wrestling world and bring in, you know, not just a WWE guy from India or a WWE guy from Japan, 
but you know other people from around the world to see what that looks like. I think that should be part of the NIL process. Um, but as far as Naomi and Sasha specifically, they had a vision for the tag team titles. Um, that vision was pretty short-sighted by WWE, by all accounts. And they said, fuck that. Y'all can have it then. Which makes, right. which totally makes sense. Um, I don't know what Triple H could say to them other than, you're right. This is how we move forward. You'll debut on SummerSlam with the belts and you'll defend it and you're getting, you're getting an hour. Um but realistically, I don't I don't see what he can say. And more importantly, I, I do think that, you know, they, they've done it all there. Um, you know, they've been given everything that they've been. Uh, they're the Juan Soto of WWE. Hmm. Uh, every the, the boxes have been ticked. The, the money's been there. What else do they need from them? And that's kind of why I want to see them go and pursue other interests. Yeah, I mean, it probably in the end comes down to, like you said, they, they would have to have some sort of meeting where – their issues are addressed and they're given some kind of assurances that like, okay, look, we're bringing it back. You're going to get this X amount of time or we're, you know, the next six months are going to look like this. We're going to do a, we're going to do B. We're going to do C. We're going to go, you know, a clear path forward for what they're going to do. Cause that seemed to be part of the issue is that it was like, yeah, yeah we're giving you stuff, but it isn't really, you know, you're, you're going to get these tag, these shots at the women's belts, but you're both going to lose. And then, you know, and then, but yeah, in the meantime, you're still the tag champs, but we don't really know what we're doing with that. It's like, yeah, it's, I think uh, that's right. A lot of people want there is a clear path right. of where they're going to be. And if triple H can accomplish that, that's going to be a night and day damn difference for a lot of people there to have like a clear journey in front of them laid yeah. out at times of what the hell they're doing. Now, on the flip side of that, what precedent does it set for another high-profile talent to take their ball and go home and then come back to the table with, are you ready to give me what I want yet? Not to say that they're, that's what they're doing, but in a, hey, we need you. What do you want? What we want, what we wanted in the first place. Um, now, that would be interesting if that would, you know, could Sami Zayn get away with that? Could Kevin Owens mm. get away with that? Could um, could Charlotte get away with that? Um, and that's kind of like, okay, the the, pres- the precedent has been set. WWE will go to bat for those that they really, really want. Is that a hand that somebody can play with the same result? I don't uh, think because so. if you're Randy Orton, who you know kind of did a similar deal, like, well, I'm going to go to AEW. Well. This armored truck says, no, you're not. <laughs> right, right. Back up the truck, boys. Back it up. It, only very sp- special pieces of talent are going to be all exactly. pulling off. You and mentioned, then, course, you mentioned but- Charlotte. I'm sure a Charlotte Flair could pull something like that off. Someone further down the chain there, not so much. You know? Right. But I, 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 don't, I don't see I think, Aaliyah oh, doing that. I, no. I, but <laughs> Dana Brock, I think, no. <laughs> I don't think they can put it off like that because – when the situation comes like that between Vince and Triple H, and once again, Vince icon, I'm not trying to make a direct comparison between Vince and Triple H, but Triple H will be able to relate to so many of these wrestlers currently right now because of how they all have seen him in his prime and he knows what it's like. But maybe 20 years from now, when then Triple H becomes seven years old, he won't be able to have that. But if he's able to do that now, this is the time where he can hold them saying, all right, I did this for this time, but let me make it clear. This can't happen because of A, B, C, D, E, and, and, and E. I think people respect Triple H enough for this to take place if this is the new vision where Triple H wants the WWE to go. Yeah, yeah. I think that could that could definitely be part of it, I think. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. The next couple weeks are going to be real interesting, and I think the key – point that was made earlier by giant crab really is the thing people need to focus on where it's going to be slow going things are not going to flip with a damn switch so i think there's stuff to look forward to i think we'll start seeing some things here and there happen but it's going to be gradual it's going to be slow it's going to be gradual and i mean this weekend we got SummerSlam, and then we so you're telling me that gargano versus roman isn't happening at SummerSlam. (laughs) <laughs> Rudy Gargano versus Seth Rollins who knows <laughs> we will see something may happen at SummerSlam something may happen on Raw I, I don't know we we may we may very well have something big like that happen Donovan Dijak versus Roman yep, T-Bar T- T-R is gone it, it, it is all changing in Nashville this weekend. <laughs> all 
All right, folks, we are going to go to halftime. And then when we come back, we'll have the indie spotlight. And then we'll get into some other topics, including Ric Flair's last match. What's going on with Jonathan Gresham? So much more, folks. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. And we will be back right after this. Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, folks. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and it's that time of night where I throw to the giant crab Jamal for the Indie Wrestling Spotlight of the Week. Yep. So there's a lot of wrestling happening in the greater Nashville area. Uh, obviously, Ric Flair's last match um, might be the best card that's that's down there, but we're going to talk about that later. Um, you have uh, WWE SummerSlam. I'm, I'm, I don't know what the hell I was thinking of, but we have SummerSlam, and that's another thing that's like you know, big thing that's happening on Saturday. Uh, but the Indie Spotlight this weekend happening, the part of StarCast, is Black Label Pro. Uh, the Gang Crosses the Line is the name of the pay-per-view. You can catch that one on Fight. I think it's 10 bucks on Fight. But it's uh, this coming Friday, 5 p.m. Central Time, out there in Nashville, at the Nashville... Uh, you know, Tennessee State Fairgrounds down there in Nashville. That's 5 p.m. Central Time uh, locally out there in Nashville, 6 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching it on fight, you know, 3 o'clock on the, on the West Coast, if you're watching it on fight. So it's a part of StarCast. It's a it's Black Label Pro. Uh, one of the big matches that I'm very interested in, uh, Jake something versus Crowbar. And, you know, God bless oh. him. I didn't know that Crowbar was still doing a thing. But, um, you know, that's, a, that's something that I, I didn't think I wanted to see. But here we are. Um, Konosuke Takeshita, who's having uh, arguably the best year of any wrestler uh, that I'm that I'm currently following, versus Nick Wayne, who is is the truth. Um, yeah, that's going to be an absolute. That's worth the ten dollars right there. You know, like full stop. Um, yeah, Eric Young, another guy who really is having a, a really good year, but he's been bouncing around a lot, so it's good to see him uh, still getting that work in. Versus Big Damo, who's you know, yeah, definitely that's going to be heavy. Uh, Billy Starks versus Steph Delander, uh, which is going to be fun. Uh, James Storm versus Brian Keith. Uh, always good to see James Storm. Uh, there's a lot. Shark Boy is on the National faces. A lot of yeah. TNA flavor going on with this show. Yeah, well, you know. Um, Shark Boy is <laughs> on the card. Who, and honest to God, I didn't know the Shark Boy was still working, but, you know, that's a damn. Shark Boy and Dan the Dan versus uh, Dan the Dad versus uh, Violence is Forever. That's that's a match. That's gonna, that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Black Label Pro. It's uh, this coming Friday. At, it's 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. out here on the East Coast, 3 p.m. in California. Black Label Pro. The game crossed the line. You can catch that on Fight. And if you're in Nashville, it's at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds. Nashville's yeah, Tennessee State Fairgrounds in Nashville, a part of Starcast. All this weekend, StarCast doing things. There's a lot of shows happening out there, uh, and including, but not limited to, uh, Ric Flair's last match, which we will definitely talk about. But that's your indie spotlight for this week. Go see some wrestling, folks. Awesome. Folks, if you are in Nashville, you have choices. That is for sure. Nashville is the epicenter of the wrestling universe for the next couple days. So it's going to be hot down there. So get inside and watch some wrestling. So, Unless you're going to SummerSlam, then bring some sunscreen. Yeah. Oh, I feel for those folks who are going to be out there. I the do not because they bought a ticket. It's <laughs> Nashville in July, and they said yes. That's what you get. They're going to be 
They're going to be out there on that Titans football field. It's, it's going to smell like burn hot dogs out there. But <laughs> At least it'll be in the evening time, at least. Ooh, we will yeah. see. We will okay. see. I feel for those folks. I feel for them. But last weekend, as we switch gears here, I guess last Saturday, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor went down. You know, Cope, I guess... This is kind of a co-promotion of AEW now, or I guess it's its own thing, but under the AEW umbrella. Yeah. How, how would we describe that? It's because it's not. It's not AEW isn't promoting it, but it kind of is. Yeah, oh. it kind of is, but it, it isn't. But it's being like they don't have their own TV show. It kind of is. I mean, how else can they? That's like their outlet is AEW television. So yeah. I don't know. But beside the point, the death before death, yeah, death before dishonor went down last Saturday, and the ROH title match on that show opened things up with Jonathan Gresham defending against Claudio Castagnoli in a match that's been building for a few weeks. So we've been waiting to see what was going to happen with, and uh, I guess the big surprise there is they went about ten minutes. They opened the show. Claudio Castagnoli is your new Ring of Honor champion, and John Gresham apparently did not have the greatest time in Lowell, Massachusetts last week, from all reports. Between not being thrilled with, uh, I guess, how things were handled going into the match, showing up just coming out in a t-shirt and trunks and the belt with no uh, octopus face mask, no cape, no foundation flag, nope. no manager, nope. no nothing. And like we said, opening the show and just kind of having a vibe of just that they were just getting everything over with and just sweeping it under the rug. It, it was a very notably odd vibe. And I guess coming out of that, there's lots of talk that John Gresham is done with wrestling. He may or may not be uh Yes, I know he's supposed to be part of the Ric Flair's last match show this weekend, so we'll see if he shows up as that. But he uh, immediately deactivated his Twitter. Hasn't been yeah. seen on social media at all this week. And there was just reports of him and Tony Khan having a big blow-up and some curses exchanged and just, a very, in general, just a bad scene. A bad scene, from what we've heard, for John Gresham in a Ring of Honor dealing with AEW. So here we are, folks. All this drama, and I, I'll go to I'll go to you, Crab, first. Um, thoughts on just this whole situation and just where things stand, because Lord knows, John Gresham was carrying the flag literally for ROH yeah. through the pandemic. Through this, let me ask you this first: uh, Did you see that match uh, in in its entirety in in real time? Did you see that match? I have not seen the whole match in its entirety. Okay, I, I, so one is, so the match is the match. Footage. The match is the match, and it's whatever. Um, the big thing is, is that commentary says, uh, because Caprice Coleman is losing his mind, oh my God, we're doing this now, and then here comes Claudio. Oh my God, we're doing this now. It's gonna happen. The The world title match is happening to open the show. That's insane. You're right, Caprice. That is insane. Now, why did that happen? Well, commentary says, there was a coin toss between the main event, which was FTR versus the Briscoes, and the other main event of Gresham and um, Gresham and versus Claudio. So you mean to tell me that somewhere backstage, not for the cameras, there was a coin flip to see who would open the show? Are you actually fucking kidding me? Something tells me that would not happen in AEW where that damn world title always be closing things almost nine times out of ten when there's a world Except title. it didn't happen last night. It it actually opened the show. So there's that. That's but, but but to be fair though, it's not even the fact that it couldn't open the show because that you know, it, it that's that can be uh palatable. It's the fact that you marginalize the event by saying we had a coin toss and <laughs> they lost, so they're going to go first. Cool. What? That does. That's <laughs> dumb. That's flat out dumb. It doesn't matter if it's kayfabe. It should have never been said on TV. Now, as far as the match goes and how I feel about the match, um, how I feel about the situation, I think there's a lot of context that's missing from people that want to just label Gresham as um, unprofessional. Um, they want to label him as you know spoiled or you know bratty or uncouth or whatever the fuck they want to call it. But the bottom line is, is that you don't watch Ring of Honor. 
if you don't understand why he's mad, then you don't watch Ring of Honor. If he's the Brett Favre of Ring of Honor, he's the, you know, well, later on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's Tom Brady. I mean, he, he's that guy. He literally put the company on his back and carried the company, not just the belt, but carried the company around the wrestling world to do things for it during the pandemic. Um, Final Battle, which was the last, as far as I'm concerned, the last show of Ring of Honor. It was supposed to be him versus Bandito to unify the title. Bandito got COVID. Gresham uh, versus Lethal. And he moved on. And and it was four months between uh, Final Battle and Supercard, which was going to happen regardless. Uh, because that was going to be the definitive last show for Ring of Honor, unless they, you know, did something else. They obviously did something else. And here we are with uh, what it is. Now, with this being the first actual um, Tony Khan produced, you know, Ring of Honor show that he had nothing to do with previously. Supercard was going to happen. A lot of the storylines were built on things that Khan had no control over. This now is the exclusive Tony Khan production. And they decide the world title match with a coin toss to open the show. And then they have Claudia win in just over 11 minutes. I don't, I don't understand that. And that's the thing. If the match has to go down the way it goes down, that's not the problem. But unfortunately, you don't do your title uh, a, a great service by having it just be a no-nothing uh, you know, opener. And now, the question is, is that the plan? Was that the plan to have Gresham lose in under 15 minutes? Or was it the plan to have Gresham lose in forty minutes and him going fuck this? I mean, you know, I can I can be on I can be on the bus by the yeah. time um, we're supposed to go home. Well, the show didn't run over. The show didn't go long. I, it doesn't feel like any matches were cut or truncated for time. The show ended pretty much in about three hours and change. So I think that that fifteen minute match for a guy that has meant so much to the preservation of the company is at best disrespectful at worst a slap in the fucking face. And what we've seen before from everybody else, if you're not rolling with AEW on this, you're doing the job. Every other core ring of honor guy has, uh, you know, to on the first on Supercard, It was ring of honor versus AEW. AEW swept them. And so we can easily tell who's going to be rolling with the company first, further along, and who's not. So it is kind of um, disingenuous to trot him out there to do the job when he's meant so much. And it's not a matter of if he's good. It's not a matter of if he you know, can work. It's not a matter of if he's injured. He's none of those things. So if he had to lose the belt, Okay, cool, but why does it have to go down this way? In an opening match, ten minutes, and then that's and then that's that's it. Yeah, like rip the bandaid off and then right. shove you out the door so we can go right. on to the next match. Pretty much, and that's kind <laughs> yeah. of the, the way it's been feeling for um, the uh, ROH alumnus, uh, where it's just like, well, um, thanks. Here's your check. Get out. Yeah. So show, show uh, up and drop your title and then uh we'll we'll show you the door. <laughs> yep, we'll, we will we will need that back and get out. And that's yeah. unfortunate. That really is unfortunate. So I can understand how you know if, if it is true, because God only knows with these damn dirt sheets, but if it is true that Gresham <laughs> uh was you know in a bit in a bit of a fit, you know, where he came backstage and said some things and said, fuck this shit, I'm out, and whatever the case was, yeah, I, mean, I can understand. Uh, because of who he is and what he did. What I don't understand is what the vision going forward for a uh, for Ring of Honor is. Um, it really just seems like uh, an AEW show with some red paint on it, and that's really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I mean, the wrestling isn't bad, so you got to take the good with the bad, I guess. Let me let me ask this question because I I do agree with a lot of what you said, and this can go to you, Will, or Jamal. This can go to you. 
let's take what Gresham did and let's take what Sasha Banks did. Would you see those would be similar instances where they're both the same? Do you see one is worse than the other? Now, granted, both did their last match and finished it professionally and both walked out not during the middle of the match. What you could have said was, and, and once again, I agree with this, unfortunate what he's been doing for ROH, but at least he did finish the match in a clean way where on camera, on stage, on the ring, or however you want to say it, regardless he didn't come out you know, in his normal entrance, he finished the match where the transition of the title was smooth. And we've seen some elements in the past where that wasn't smooth. But where do you see those two in comparison? Do you feel one was a little bit worse than the other or more professional? Or were they about the same level? Hmm. Uh, you can go ahead, Will. I've, I've, you know, I have, an, I have an opinion on it, but yeah, I'll let you they're, go first if you want. They're, they're, they're kind of similar, I guess, in the respect that, let's like say, at least Gresham did the match, mm-hmm. he dropped the title, mm-hmm. and then that was it. Now yeah. he also made it very he also made it very clear from the moment he walked through that curtain where it was like, oh, okay, so yeah, you did the match, but damn, the moment you walked through, it was loud and clear to anyone with a pair of eyes that, oh, you ain't happy to be here. <laughs> and you mm-hmm. sure as hell don't look like uh you're ready to uh tear it up and like all this is like it looked like a title change was coming from a mile away, and sure enough, that's what we got. So there there is that. He he in a lot of ways, I'm sure some people would say he did the he came out there and he did the minimum amount of work to get it done, but he did not go above and beyond to you know do anything extra. Which hey, they had reason to do that, just given the way things were. I don't know. Then I guess the flip side of it, you have the Sasha version where it's like they weren't getting along, and she's like, "Well, we're just gonna leave then." And mm-hmm. you know, they they still technically have the you know, are the champions, or I guess they've been vacated or whatever, but, you know, they were the last champions at the time, didn't drop the belts on the way out or anything, and they just left and went home. I mean, both ways of doing it, you're gonna ruffle feathers. Both ways of doing it, you're gonna, you know, you're making your bed and you're gonna lie in it in both darn situations. So you better be darn ready for the consequences of uh, how you're handling things. I guess the big thing, with the thing that got me with the Gresham thing is like, I guess when the word got around that supposedly, you know, that there was a big shouting match and he wasn't happy about stuff and all this, and he stormed out of there and, you know, and how we also, he didn't come out there in his gear and everything and just kind of, you know, I'm wearing a t-shirt and this is it and it's done and I'm out of here. Um, well, wait, to be fair, I, with respect to that, the foundation was broken up on TV. Um, Gresham mm-hmm. sold out to Tully Branchard and the prizes. Tully wasn't there. Uh, he, he was done. He left the company. Um, and allegedly yeah, I that I was they put him with Prince Nana now. Or yeah, something? because so, so yeah, Prince Nana uh, came back from wherever the hell he was uh, and <laughs> uh, re uh, bought Tully Branch and Enterprises, who apparently filed for Chapter Seven, um, <laughs> turned them into the Embassy 2.0. And right. Gresham obviously is not a part of that group going forward. So it wasn't so with the this is the timeline for me. You have. Gresham, who did all these things over the during the height of the pandemic, um, during the height of Ring of Honor's closure and sabbatical dormancy, uh, to keep the company relevant as for what it's worth as much as he could. Uh, he does that. Okay, cool. Supercard happens. Okay, cool. And then within a week, uh, you know, Tully Blanchard Enterprises, uh, Gresham uh, disbands the foundation and he's aligns with Tully. So that's strike one. Uh, Tully quits for whatever reason, you know, good or bad, whatever, I don't care. But that means that Tully Blanchard Enterprises isn't is there anymore. So you went from Gresham leading his own faction to selling it to Tully, who sold it to Prince Nada? Right. Okay, <laughs> that's strike two. slide down. Yeah. That's strike two. Um, the octopus um, and that whole thing was the flag of the foundation. So if there is no foundation, there is no octopus. Okay. Because it's sold to Tully Blanchard, right. who, who got picked up in a three-team deal with uh, you know the embassy. So the <laughs> bottom line is, is that over the past you know two or three weeks, Gresham went from the physical flag bearer yeah. to it was all led by Prince away. Nana. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. I'd walk out I, too. Yeah, no, I I get it. There from his perspective, there's absolutely reason to be like, what the hell is going on here? And then if you add on top of all that, his claim that Tony Khan was in commutative, he wasn't hearing nothing from him, and essentially he there was no discussion of anything until he got there that day. 
as the guy who was carrying the company on his back as the damn ROH world champion, I could see being not being thrilled with that situation in the least bit. So I could absolutely see that perspective. I think that's, and I think that's a big thing people are missing in all this is the idea of when you look at the big picture of all the months between Supercard of honor and this show where it's like, if, if what he's saying is true, if there was just little to no communication between them. That's like, what the hell's going on here? And to be fair, it's not the first time that we've heard this story about people just not having great communication with AEW. So there's, there is precedence for this sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But, that's not the first know. time we've heard that story before. By the way, has anybody seen Adam Cole lately? He's injured. And he'll be back next Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. They announced that last night. Injury. Okay, guys, yeah. I must have missed that too because I was thinking about on that communication piece. I was wondering if he fell in that line too, but I didn't realize that he was injured. Uh, they, Adam Cole, I'm sure, is, is getting regular messages. I, I, I think that's, of course, is all the speculation about if you're one of if you're one of the favorites, if you're valued, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have a direct line, and yeah. there's no problem with that sort of thing. So, who knows? The big question now. The thing to watch for is, does Gresham show up this weekend? Is, is the deal going to be that you know he's going to fulfill the commitments as he has that he has left? Is there maybe going to be a bit of a cooling off period here, or is he really done? That that's that's the kind of the wait and see where we're at now. But uh, who is he supposed to wrestle on the uh, on the Flair show so we can segue on the into that Flair whole show? He's supposed to be in a four way match with uh, him, Alan Angels, Nick Nick Wayne, and his opponent for tomorrow, uh, Kanosuke Takeshita. My God. So, so there you go. I love See, all that's of those a hell of, Yeah, that is a hell of a darn match. So wow. we, we touched on this show a couple weeks ago. It's finally here this weekend. Our, our last topic of the night. We can segue right into it. Our final thoughts on Ric Flair's last match show, because now we know the show. Finally, we know the main event. We know what's up with Flair. The card yes. was already stacked with kind of like the, I like the deal. I like the deal or duel where essentially like everyone has like, like an offer match. You have like the impact offer match and the MLW offer match and right. the new Japan offer match. It's like, everyone's like sending something in like a triple A has uh, a match that's being that's yeah. sanctioned there. Yeah. Yeah. That, I like Same. that. They did that setup for it. So it, it's a very eclectic mix up and down this card. But I guess if you, if you got the card in front of you, Jamal, I mean, it's, I do. Uh, uh, spotlight some of uh, the, the big stuff on it since it's this weekend, uh, Sunday at uh, the, the not the fairgrounds. That one is at the Nashville Coliseum, I think it is. Mm-hmm. They moved it to the arena. They, yeah. they had they moved enough tickets. It was at the fairgrounds, I believe. They did move it to the uh, Nashville Coliseum. Um, that's yeah. also on fight as, as mm-hmm. well. So, so the how, much is, on fight? how much on fight? I think it's thirty-five. Don't quote me on that, okay. but I want to say it's thirty-five. But honestly, this is a hell of a card. Um, a couple of things that are interesting, I'm not going to name every single match because it's like 12 matches. Um, the Bunkhouse Battle Royal seems interesting because that's just going to be a bunch of guys that we haven't even don't even know who's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you have uh, the you know Pillman and Brock Anderson versus uh, Kerry and Ricky Morton with Robert Gibson. You know another you know historic generational match. Yep. Um, we have an Impact match. We have a Triple A match. We have of course the four way that we did talk about, and then the uh, the Briscoes versus Devon Eriks. That's, That's going to be fun. One. First That's time ever. Yeah. Uh, the Wolves versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, Killer Cross, who's, you know, out there, uh, versus Davey Boy Smith. That's going to be fun. Um, and then the one woman's match, and that's kind of a nitpick for for those that are like, well, wait a minute. We have all of these other matches. We have a bunkhouse battle royal, and we only get one woman's match. Um, well, you know, that's America. If you want to see more women, go to Japan. But I mean, I mean, that's what it is. It is um, what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, that's just the, that's the culture. That's America. You know, that you get your one woman's match. Um, Deanna Parazzo and Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering in a in a women's triangles match. And then, of course, the main event is uh, Ric Flair and uh, <laughs> Manny Andrade Flair versus um, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett in a tag team match. Um, and and of course, the the stigma, the stereotype is, well, <laughs> why not make it a casket match? 
Why not make it an ambulance oh, match? <laughs> Why not make it a, uh, a defibrillator last man match? Standing. <laughs> yeah, literally last man standing. Um, you know, and and that's that, that's bullshit. Number one, it's wrestling. Let's not forget that this is wrestling. That they are going to work to make it as 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 safe but as entertaining as possible. Um, it's not like it ain't Ric Flair versus Nick Gage. It ain't Ric Flair versus Schlack. And though I would love to see that match, that's not what we're getting. We're getting a good tag team match that is going to be pretty well uh, well adjusted. And, and Flair has also been wrestling for 50 fucking years. You don't think that he doesn't know how to work a safe match to protect himself? I mean, yeah, he, apparently, uh, the rumor is, is that he wanted to try a thing and Charlotte said, no, you're not diving off anything. You're not even going to the top rope. But the bottom line is, is that you know, at 70, you know, four or whatever he is, mm-hmm. what do you think the match is going to be? He's not facing Wardlow. He's not facing Brock. He's facing Jarrett. So, so calm yeah. down with, with your, with the expectations. Uh, you know, the medic alert bracelet on a pole match. It ain't that, no. you know, <laughs> is going to, um, is going to work a match. It's going to be exactly what you think it is. Um, and, and, and it's and it's going to be what it's going to be. The question is, does he get the pen? I don't know if he does. Um, but you know, and also, will his post match promo be longer than the match itself? Six minutes. I remember I said it's six minutes. Six, six minutes. minutes. Yeah. See, if there's anything that Flair loves to do, is is talk about Ric Flair. Yep. And cry. I'm sure there'll and be some tears cry. flowing. There will be some tears flowing in, in, in the there goodbye sure section. Of this match afterwards, right. I like that they made it a tag. I know we talked about that when we were trying to figure out what this match was going to be a few weeks back. I was like, please make it a tag team or a six man. So they made it a tag team. So I figure Andrade and Jay Lethal are there to do some flashy stuff, to provide the action, to provide the movement. Flair and Jarrett are going to be there to bleed. Jarrett's going to throw some Memphis style punches. They'll right. probably brawl around the building. There'll be a lot of smoke and mirrors with those two. And I, Jarrett in there, I, I think will be, will help a ton. He'll, he'll no, no, just grab onto Flair and just, we're going to go over here and we're going to do this. We're going to go over here. We're going to do this. They'll probably go to every corner of that building during that match. And in the meantime, Lethal and Andrade could be doing stuff in the ring. Who, who knows? But I think there's a lot they could do to, Six minutes, I think you're underestimating it now, Sellers. Six think, minutes. Six minutes, I think they could easily get, they can, they can at least get it to 10 or 12. That show is not ended until midnight, and that's because Flair's going to talk for 45 minutes after the show. <laughs> the talking the talking to me longer than the wrestling? I, I think so. I think the match is going to go 20, <laughs> and then and the post-match is going to go 35. Easy. There you go. I, I would not be shocked. Remember In the end. I feel a lot better about this match than I did a couple weeks ago. I I think I think it's gonna be okay. I think they I think they're gonna play it pretty safe and there'll be blood. There's gonna be blood and there's gonna be brawling. He's bleeding right now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, hell, he had to bleed for the the damn promo to angle to set up the match. He bled. Yeah, he's all over on the, the plane, clubbered in blood, flying to Nashville right yeah. now. <laughs> Ric Flair is gonna go out as only Ric Flair can. So. We will see this weekend in Nashville. Sellers, any, any thoughts on, other than six minutes? Any other thoughts from you? Um, I, I really want to see, and maybe this is just one of the epic promos I've ever seen in my life. I do want to see some type of uh, go-off between Jay Lethal and Ric Flair. I think just recapturing that moment that they had in TNA a couple of years ago, I think it would be epic if they showed that in the ring. And I think that it would be great to see um, in a respectful, like, you know, I honor you. I, I bless you for what I looked up to you for. And I think they'll have that moment into the ring of uh, maybe a crowd chain and double vision for, for one t- for one moment. But, you know, just let them have that go off. Um, I wonder what my over under for chop should be if I should put that on the betting line. But, but you know, oh. I, I, it, it, it will be what it is. Um, it, it'll be a nice typical safe match like like you guys said and i am glad for the tag team as well yeah i think it's i think the undercard of this show is going to be real interesting considering how many you know different people and different styles they have on it so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting weekend because we got SummerSlam on saturday and that's gonna be on sunday to close yeah. up you know the whole weekend since it's this whole different layout of shows now it's like SummerSlam is not closing the weekend it's just no. kind of 
in the middle of things. And then Sunday is the flare show. So yep. Nashville this weekend, folks, lots of things to keep an eye on. Lots of things to uh, watch. Lots of wrestling. Stay out of that heat. If you're uh, actually, in Nashville. So, uh, real quick. I do have the weather yeah. report for this weekend. Uh, oh, on Saturday, it, it's a, uh, uh, this is from channel four in Nashville. Scattered uh, showers, uh, 84 degrees is a high. Uh, you're looking at, uh, Scatter thunderstorms is could it will probably more likely rain. They're saying a chance of rain of 40 percent, uh, going up to 60 percent, um, as the night goes on. Uh, good luck with that on Saturday, and then of course on Sunday, uh, it's going to be also in the 80s, very cloudy and humid. But you know, there hopefully you'll be indoors. But yeah, uh, look, looks like scattered storms in over the weekend in Nashville. We'll have to see where how that affects SummerSlam. Yeah, might, might have to bring out the rain ponchos like they did at WrestleMania yeah. a couple years back in Florida. So yeah. we will see, but it ain't going to be in the 90s. So hydrate, folks. Indeed. Stay cool, but have 84. That ain't horrible. The humidity is going to be the – that's going to be the wild card there is how damn humid, sticky it's going to be. Yeah, then the rain. So hopefully um, the rain yeah. doesn't doesn't deal with the uh, interview of the show. Yep, there you go, folks. All right, another fine Thursday night in the books Every week here, Thursday night, 8 p.m., it's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on social media at Big Gold Belt. Everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, the Twitch, all, all those darn streaming services. We're on all of them. And, of course, BigGoldBelt.com for all your wrestling needs. So until next Thursday night where we'll see the aftermath of all these shows, SummerSlam, where we are in the new era of WWE, I'm Will, Jamal, Salas here. We will see you next Thursday night, folks. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you then. What I really need, that big old bell, big old bell, big old bell.